0: This year is about Purim. Purim, as you know, is next week. Actually, it starts at Shabbat, Shabbat, Pasha, Selchot, which we read when we read it because it's comfortable for it comes before Purim. And uh, Sunday and Monday are Purim. Sunday is Purim outside of Yerushalayim, even though there are several other cities in the world that are trying to get the. Uh, walled city attribution. But Yushalayim is the only one who has it without a doubt. Uh, the Gemara has a question about Tavaria. only had a wall around three sides, so sort of, because the side that Tveria is on the, on the lake, on the Kineret, you didn't build a wall there. So the Gemara wants to ask, is that called a walled city for the purposes of the Purim? But uh, the answer is not uh, obvious. Yerushalayim is the only city today which actually um, is called a walled city. Everything else is a satech. It's only Yerushalayim that we know is a walled city from the time of Yoshua Binnu. So of course the question, uh, there are a few questions. Before we answer the questions, let's see a little bit of the text. You see that the first source uh, starts with the Mishnah in Megillah. The Mishnah, Megillah, the The first Mishnah in Megillah says that you can read the Megillah on all of these days, depending on your circumstances. In other words, everybody has to do the mitzvah. Of Kriyat HaMegillah, as we all know, men has to do it, women have to do it. There's no, uh, there's no fundamental distinction between the obligation of men and the obligation of women, even though we'll look into that a little bit more carefully later on. And for some reason, uh, if if it's difficult to do the reading of the Megillah on the right day, you could do it on the wrong day. Today, that's all been collapsed. There's nobody who reads the Megillah, I was beg to We only read the Megillah on Yudalad and Tetvah. Yudalit and Tel Aviv, and Tetvah in Yerushalayim. Sunday in Tel Aviv, Monday in Yerushalayim. So, listen to what it says. If you have a city that is surrounded by a wall, which was built at the time of Yahshua bin Nun, it's like an odd sentence, even though today it may not have a wall around it at all, but if there was a wall around the city at the time of Yahshua bin Nun, we read the Megillah al-Khetzva, that's the principle. The Mishnah doesn't explain itself, it doesn't help us to understand anything, it just says it. Okay, and then Krachim by Eros, to the Lord but it has nothing to do with big and small. A big city that doesn't have a wall, you read on the, on the 14th. It's only a big city that has a wall that gets this designation that you read on the 15th. That's what the, that's what the Mishnah, that's what the Mishnah says. So that's enough, that's enough for us to, uh, to start our thinking about this very confusing topic, which is that Puri is celebrated on two days. Purim is celebrated on two days. It's a very, very odd situation. Look at what the the, the second source. Matnitin de loch hayana detanya. Our Mishnah is in this. Our Mishnah which said, "You doubt it at at if it has Muket Cholma miday or Yeshua benun." That Mishnah is. Uh, the low Tana is not like the following Tanaitic statement, the Tanya, which we find in a brighter. very well known. Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcho, there, um, right? Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcho said, so, that cities that are surrounded by a wall. And that wall was there at the time of, of Achashverosh. It was that wall was there at the time that the story of Purim actually took place. All of those cities you read on the 15th. And wall and cities that didn't have a wall around it, you read on the 14th. Okay. So you have a machloket. Here we are. Wonderful. We have a machloket the stuff that Torah learning is made of. The Mishnah, Mi'amot Yoshua bin Nun. The Braita Mi'amot HaShverosh. That's the Machloket. But both of them agree, the Mishnah and Rabbi Yoshua bin Karcho, what do they both agree about? That you celebrate Purim on two days. There's the yud Purim celebration and the Tejvat Purim celebration. So the, the Machloket, and, and, and they both also agree, walled cities, non-walled cities, they agree. Except that the definition of walled cities changes. According to the Mishnah, walled city means a walled city from the time of Yoshua bin Nun. According to Yoshua bin Karakor, a walled city means a walled city from the time of Achashverosh. Now the Gemara goes on and asks, you see the Gemara? I'm, uh, the Gemara goes on and asks a standard Gemara question, My Tama, You see, Ma'itama, the Rabbi Yeshua bin Karkov. How could we explain or what is the source of the position that is enunciated by Rabbi Yeshua bin Karkov that the walled cities are from the time of the So what does he say? so Rabbi Yeshua says I don't understand it's obvious it's obvious that after all how did this 14th 15th distinction come into the world that they fought against the hominites and they finished the fight on Yud they celebrated on your dalet. Except in one place, called Shushan, where Esther had to go to Chashverich and say, listen, uh, big daddy of can we fight for another day? It was like a little hard to understand what exactly the dynamics were like, you know. It would be great to see the movie, but uh, we don't have the movie. So she said to Chashverich, let's fight for another day. So they went and they fought for another day in Shushan. And so in Shushan, when did they celebrate the victory? The 15th. So that means before the, before Purim became designated as what you would call a national holiday, right, for all the Jews in the world, there were already two days. Because everybody celebrated the Hodayah the Thanksgiving holiday of Purim on the day that they were actually saved. So the people who were saved on your Gible celebrated on your dalad The people who were saved on Yud-Dalad, they had that, a so what is what is So uh, what does Rabbi Yushu ben say? He says, look, he says, when well, the Chachamin set out to create a national holiday, right, say that, so they said this distinction between Yudgim and it should be preserved. How are we going to preserve it? Well, there's a difference between Shushan and other cities. Maybe Shushan had a wall at that time. That's a, that itself is a, it's a, it's a disagreement in the, in the sources in the Gemara. But let's say Shushan had a wall. So in the walled city of Shushan, they celebrated the 15th in the uh, other cities they celebrated on the fourth day so the were looking for a distinction to apply to create a two day kind of holiday because that's how it started out so they used this idea that a walled city every walled city was on one day and every non-world city was a walled, walled city was on another day that's Rabbi Yeshua Ben Karthav Rabbi Yeshua Ben Karthav again I'm reading the, I'm reading the Gemara where am I up to? Uh, the third line. The My the beginning of the fourth line in the second source. Tana My Our Tana in the Mishnah who said Mimot Yoshua Binun. How did he get that? How did he get Mimot Yoshua Binun? Tama Yali Praze Praze. It's some kind of a No You know what Zerasharai is? Like a mystical association. You know, when you see the the, the, the Zerah Shavah, you say, oh, but you could never think of that yourself. I mean, Zerah Shavah is totally mystical. It says there's a word in this pasuk, and there's a word in that pasuk. And then if I connect this pasuk to that pasuk, I learn some new, original, dynamic halacha. Now the yud me Midot, the rabban says, the says, this is one of the Yud-Giul Midot. But even, it's not really possible to invent a Gzaira Shabbat. It, it, it doesn't have any logical, it doesn't make any sense. It's only something that's received by tradition. My Rebbe taught me this Gzaira Shabbat, which of course doesn't work in Gemara, because this is a Gzaira Shabbat, between the Torah and the Gilat And you may have heard that the Gilat was written long after the Torah was written down. So it's hard to understand how you could make the Gzeh So you could say about that whatever you like. But the Gemara says that according to Rabbi Yoshua ben Karfa, he was able to create the Gzairah Rashabah. What was the Gzeh Rashabah? Yali praze prazi. Ktiv hacha. In Esther, it says, "Ikei na Prazim. It calls them prazim, right? When did they keep? Pu- when did they celebrate? They celebrated Yudalit, which means that there was somebody else who celebrated on Tzav. Who was attached to te- somebody else? Well, we have to look at uh, uh, we have to look at the other pasuk. That means that, that, uh, when, when Yeshua, went, when, when Moshe Rabbeinu was going to send Yoshua, at the top of the land, so there were, all right, open cities, but you would only call them open cities if there were also walled cities, right, right, other kinds of cities, so you have this, this kind of, uh, very strange according to Rabbi Yeshua according to the Tana in our Mishnah that says that the walled cities are walled cities of the time of Yoshua bin Nun. now one more line b'shlamah Rabbi Yeshua bin Karcham lo the late late prazik prazik I understand why Rabbi Yoshua bin Karcham who said you compare it to Shushan, right? Just like Shushan, and so to other cities. And he didn't use the prase prase proof of Rabbi Yeshua Ben because he taught Never heard of it. He never heard of prase but he used it, right? He never heard of it. He says, "Bah, uh, uh, but uh, the late like prase prase, and I have a different. come might have a love like Rabbi Yeshua So how come our Tana, the Tana in the Mishnah, who said Yeshua bin Nun, why didn't he agree with? Well, on what basis did he disagree with Rabbi Yeshua bin Taira, who said that it is uh, it's like Shushan, and it has to do with the Tana of The answer of the Gemara is by the Hayit Le because he has a Zereshava. And we just like, because a Zereshava is like, it's like a treasure. Either you have it or you don't. But you don't get it crosswise. You only get it up and down. Your Rebbe has to teach it to you. If your Rebbe didn't teach it to you, it doesn't exist for you. So we see, we see from this kind of little discussion, even though you could think about it more, that both the Tanakama and Rabbi sure Ben-Karifah agree Well, they don't tell us why. But they agree that Purim should be established on two different days. They both agree. There's a Purim of Yudhalid and there's a Purim of Tejvah. They both seem to agree that the majority of people in the world will keep Purim on Yudalit. Will keep Purim on Yudalit, And the minority on Tejvah. What they disagree about... Are the parameters of that minority? They both agree it's Bukepet Choma. That we're talking about cities that have a wall around them. But the Tama and the Mishnah says, and the Rabbi Yoshua ben Tarakha says, from the time of the Rabbi Yoshua ben Tarakha, I think it's a lot easier to understand than Tama didan, than Yoshua. What was it got to do with Yoshua ben Nun? what possibly could it have to do with the Yosho Abinur? So that's the question. This question is formulated, the question I'm asking now, is formulated by many of the Rishonim. And one of them is on the sheet, I just want to look at it quickly. Rabbeinu Nisim al It's one, two, three, four, five. Fifth source. Rabbeinu Nisim wrote a long commentary on the Rift. And exhaustive. In other words, he explains the Rif and he explains the Gemara that the Rif left out. Very often. I mean, it's a very long commentary and a very important commentary. But listen to what he says about this, about this particular issue. Yesh Khan She'elah. You see the Rabbi Unisin? Yesh Khan She'elah. I have a question. and why did they divide up the mitzvah of puri into two days? How come they divided up the holiday into two days? Now what does that mean? You say, when you look at it, you say, okay... Most of the people celebrated Purim on Yudali. Some of the people uh, 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 celebrated Purim on Tejvah. Later on Esther sent to Anjie Knesset Daghdola this, this request. She said, what she said? Kiva'uni Lidharot. I want to be a real holiday. I don't want to just be a Thanksgiving day for the people who feel they were saved. I want it to be a major holiday. Chachamim agreed A major holiday. So why didn't they make it one day? I mean, what, what do they have to make two days? It's true that some people were saved on your gibble and celebrate on your dollar. And it's also true that some people celebrate were saved on your and and celebrate on Ted So what? Every battle is like that. Every battle has skirmishes in it that end at different times. There are always sub battles that are fought and won on different days. But the celebration of the victory is unique. I, I celebrate the victory. What is this this kind of focus on your gimbal and your dollar that? That's what the, the Ram is asking. He's saying that's true. There were there were your gimbal salvations celebrating your Dalai. There was your Dala salvation Celebrate our Tezvah. But what are, we, what are we celebrating? We're celebrating the miracle of that salvation. So it was the same for everybody. Actually, what do, why do we need this distinction of Yudgimel and yudalit? And then, the run adds to this question a quasi-halachic position. Quasi-halachic. I'll tell you why quasi, but listen... He says, Masha Bisha'ar Mitzvot. This is not true about other Mitzvot. That some people celebrate it on Monday and some people on Tuesday. Other Mitzvot, it's always the same time. It's never two times for two kinds of people, or people who live in two different places. day. we know that there's a principle, another principle, that whenever the chachanim make a takana, when they establish a new regulation, when they create a new mitzvah, they try to follow the the order of things as they already exist in the Torah. So if the Torah does not ever tell us that there's a yantis that's celebrated on two different days, so you would think that the chachamim would follow that directive. It's an implicit Directive, and the implicit directive is one day. And so the Ram says, the Ram says, how did they do this? How did the Chachamim how did the Chachamim deviate from what the Torah says? How did they do that? So I'm going to just make a comment. An interesting, I've raised an interesting point which you might be interested in following up around. Rav Kook, zichronu in a book that's called Mitzvata Raya, which is an explanation of the time of certain mitzvot, plus some chidushim that he wrote on the Shulchan um In the in our chaim Reish which is the siman about Priyata HaMegillah. Rav Kukov is the following thought and he says he says it's true that Midoraita that the Torah doesn't have doesn't have justice that falls on two different days, and it's also true that generally Chazal follows a pattern that is established in the Torah however he says it may be that in certain cases Chazal wanted to emphasize that the mitzvah that, that they're creating is not in the Torah. It's not in the And with Purim, there might have been reason for making a mistake. And so Chazal said, we'll do it differently. This is our cook svarah. I, I found it an interesting idea. So I'm passing it, I'm passing it on. The second, exclu- the second kind of addendum before we continue that I would like to remind you of is in the last source on the page. Right, the last source on the page is Omar Abi Yeshua Ben Levi. You see that? Mm-hmm. There's one line: Nashim gila, Women are obliged to create mikdimah because they were also participants somehow in the miracle. So well, that's a hard sentence. That's a hard sentence, but the background to that sentence, as you know, is that women are to wrote for mitzvah, t'asei grama, which means that if a mitzvah is classified as a mitzvah, t'asei man grama, time-bound, if it's kind of time-bound mitzvah, and every time, every mitzvah, almost every mitzvah, is timed out. Then women don't have the obligation to do the mitzvah. If they do the mitzvah, tzva, they get uh, they get credit. They get shaman for any mitzvah that they do. I'm not referring to putting on tefillin or to kriyat haTorah a regular meaning, like the hot items today. They don't get credit for that. Maybe you do. I said, I'm not referring to that. I didn't say you don't get credit for it. I said, I'm not referring specifically to that. You know, some of the smoke have their own, they come with baggage. You know, after all these years of thinking about it, so they come with some kind of baggage. But, uh, but if, I, I imagine that if a woman uh, puts on filling Unless she is, like, make, take a stand against rabbinic authority, which I don't like. You know, I mean, me personally, I don't like that. Uh, but otherwise, she gets It's a mitzvah. I mean, she does the mitzvah. You know exactly uh, how that works out, I don't, I don't know. But we do know that certainly everybody would agree that if a woman sits in a sukkah, on a sukkot, she's doing a mitzvah. Right. And therefore, if you have a sukkah, which has a kosher part and a non-kosher part, which is like not, which is very common in usual life, so what do they do? They put the women in the non-kosher part. Okay, it's all right with me. I mean, I'm not responsible for that, but there's no reason for it. The women should have the same right to do the mitzvah of yeshiva, the sukkah, as men do. I mean, it's true that there's nothing you can do about it. Like, there's one space. Then, uh, then maybe the man should get it because he's obliged, and the woman is not obliged. But it is also true, and you have to remember, that women can turn a mitzvah that is not obligatory, because of mitzvah says van grama into an obligatory mitzvah. In other words, they could decide. The women could decide. That the mitzvah is obligatory on them. Which mitzvah falls into that category? T'kiyat <laughs> Shofar. <laughs> <laughs> you remember? Rosh Hashanah. Happens once a year. Sometimes you blow the shelf for one day, sometimes you blow the shelf for two days. T'kiyat Shofar a mitzvah, that's <laughs> Which means, in, as we are discussing things, which means that women are to rot from from the mitzvah of Gachofar. But because throughout the the generations, I don't know how many generations, how long it took, or what happened, women said, no, we are obligated, we accept the obligation. So today, if somebody knows how to blow Shofar, and he has nothing to do with himself, There's a a woman who's 110 years old in an old age home, 25 miles away. He has to walk and blow shofar for that woman. I mean, she has the right to demand of the Jewish community (laughs) kiyat shofar because it's an obligation. A similar thing is that men obligated themselves to daven marit, Yes? In other words, originally, the Rambam says, and everybody agrees, there were only two tefillot, which were parallel to the Kaban Tamid, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, one we call Shafarit, and other we call Mincha. Okay, Musaf also, but Musaf was only on special days. On a regular day, Shafarit and Mincha, and, and Arvit was optional. But I think that, that we would all agree that for men, at least, who accepted this obligation arvit also is an obligation today. You can't not daven arvit. A man cannot avoid davening arvit, but a woman can. I mean, she can daven arvit, but she also not daven arvit. It's not not yet like tkiyachofa. I don't know if it ever will be. But I think sukkah could become like tkiyachofa. That the woman uh, could provide... Or maybe the mitzvah of Lulav and Etrog, which uh, most women do do today, in our time. I mean, they may not do it in shul, but they do it. They do the mitzvah of of Lulav and Etrog on every day of Sukkot. So even though it's a mitzvah, it's on the way to becoming obligatory. Shofar became obligatory. So now we say again, there were uh, midoraita. Viswata Seishas man. women up to root. Women up to root. Can they do the mitzvah? Yes. They can do the mitzvah. And if they do the mitzvah, they, they get schar. The Raman says that about the schar that women get is less than the schar that men get. Right? But that's not, that, that doesn't necessarily mean much because if a man is uh, like, a bad, like a lousy learner, <coughs> And a woman is a great learner. So, you, so the actual schar it, it would be that the woman gets more than the man. It's only if they're both exactly the same, that you could say that a man gets more schar than a woman, but that's kind of, those kind of cheshbonot are irrelevant to us, because they only work in heaven, they don't, they don't mean anything in our world. So that's a mitzvah that says, she's A woman does it, she gets credit, she doesn't do it, she's too rough. Now there are three mitzvot, the three mitzvot, the that are time-bound, and you would think that they would, have, they would be the same. And those three mitzvot are Priyat Medula, Mer and the Arab HaKosot on, on, uh, on Pesach. Those are the three mitzvot that Chachamin invented, and you would think that since they are time bound, women would be excluded, but for all of for each of these three mitzvot the Gemara says and it's not clear let's say let's talk about the, the Megillah there are two positions about what Abha in the Rishonim in, in Rashi, itself. Rashi in Megillah and Rashi in the, in of the, the two positions are that Esther she was the cause of Purim somehow. She made Purim happen, and therefore the women should do it. But the second possibility is that the women were in the same safek; they had the same doubt about the future. Like the men were worried that they would be killed, and the women were worried that they would be killed. So what's the difference about a woman there? They were both saved uh, together. This the second seems a little bit more reasonable, more reasonable than the first. So how come, how come we don't follow the pattern of the Torah? Why do we follow the Torah? For example, Sukkot. Keep the Sukkot of Shakti and B'nei Yisrael. Sukkot, you see at the, shrine, the difficult time. God put B'nei Yisrael into Sukkot. Either regular Sukkot, or Ananei Hakavod, right? The, the glory, the, the, the clouds of glory right, uh, for above uh, uh, above the tents. Uh, but what's the difference in men and women? Uh, they're also both tohanes. Right, the women are also being saved in these Sukkot, so why shouldn't the women, you know, if you could say, if you could say that, so why don't you say it's a Sukkot? So one answer that's given by the post is, that we don't like that, the principle of, the Svata man grama beats out all the other principles, trumps the other principles. But the if there was, if you could say, that trumps the need to, uh, to imitate the, the writer. That trumps that need. But still, even if you say that women are chayavot, shehayu it doesn't explain to me why, why this is so important. But what differences are there if the women hear the Megillah or they don't hear the Megillah? I mean, you know, if it doesn't... <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> So, it's not clear. It's not clear. It's not clear when you say, and you include them. And when you don't say, and you this. And what is the... uh, And obviously, Esther, uh, it it can't be the reason. Esther is one person. I mean, it's not like womankind equals Esther. I mean, Esther was a unique representative of the Jewish people. Because she was in that position. But why does that give women. The right to. Uh, uh, to, uh, to expect. To, to read the Begillah. Or to be part of the Begillah reading. Uh, process. So I want to tell you. I want to tell you what Rav Lutner said. Uh, on the second page. Uh, in the Torah. Ma'amah, he used to call it uh, Rav I uh, there was a Russian yeshiva in Chaim Berlin, a yeshiva called Chaim Berlin in Brooklyn for many years. At the end, of, he also uh, was in Yerushalayim first, and then he went to America, then he came back to Yerushalayim. And he um, he, he had a certain uh, way of thinking about things, which he shared in a series of volumes called Pachat Yitzchak. This is from Pachat Yitzchak on... Uh, on uh, Purim, and he had an idea. First, he asked the same questions. He says, Why well, have a two day holiday? And why, uh, why uh, be Yeshua bin Nun? I mean, well, what has Yeshua bin Nun got to do with anything? So he answers the question as follows. Well. If you look at paragraph bet, I'm going to read it and explain it. See paragraph bet. <laughs> lacha In other words, the first battle against Abalake, which is reported to us at the end of the Parashat V'shalach, we were we were kind of like moseying the Lord. We are Israel. We're on our way to on our way to Har We're on our way to Har Sinai. Uh, and Amalek came to attack us. However, in the time of King Shaul, the first king of Israel, Shaul was told by Shmuel Nabi that he has to go and attack the Amalekites. They're going to wait for them to come and attack him. Umoed hapurim sheu kedushat shel eskenu im amalek. Moed hapurim, in other words, the events of Purim, they created kedushat hazman shel eskenu ba'amalek. Kedushat means a designated time. Every year, Yudaleh and Tejva are the days. Where we remember Amalek, or we remember what happened to us about Amalek. Okay, uh, and and we we it was absolutely necessary for us at Purim to do these two kinds of these two aspects of Purim. Vizevu Omek Masma Utah shall hit Kalkut Mo Eda Purim Vishne Yamim. And here lies the profound notion connected with two days of Purim. Udalit and Tatvat. Kibi Yudalid U Baalai and Yudalit. Haman attacked us. Haman and his armies—they attacked us, right? B'kesh la'shmid la'rolu He acted like Amalek at the time of Moshe Rabbeinu. Uksha'asal anu Hakadosh Baruch Nes. Hakadosh Baruch created this miracle. V'ganu el ha'menucha, and we got to, you know, the resting place at Hart Sinai, the north mo'ayhem. That's Purim, after we, we managed to deal with the onslaught of Amalek in the time of Amman, what's the next thing we did? We attacked. We attacked in Shushan HaBira. We asked for another day have the revenge that was necessary against the enemy. Even though we're no longer in danger of being destroyed, right? We, we have it under control, but open And so we see that what happened at Purim was... The full battle against Amalek, which has two parts to it: Part A is we are attacked, and part and we repulse that attack. And Part B is we attack in turn; we attack Amalek in turn. So, according to Rav Butner, what happened on Purim in Shushan in Persia, hundreds of years later, was parallel to what the Tanas teaches us about the battle of Amalek. And what does the Torah teach us? In the parish of B'Shalom, the Torah says, Amalek attacked us. And Shaul HaMelech was given the directive by Shmuel HaNavi, go and attack Amalek. So that in dealing with Amalek, in dealing with Amalek, it's sort of like the idealized version of the Amalek, uh, 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 of the, the dealing with Amalek is that First, we are attacked, we repulse that attack, and then we attack them as well. That even though, you can say, yeah, we can say many things about that, but say, even though, even though Kodesh Bapha told us that it's a mitzvah to do away with Amalek, even, even a mitzvah is not going to be accomplished unless there is contemporary guilt. Unless Amalek attacks us first. That's what the story, that's what Rav Hutner says about this war with, ongoing war with Amalek. So when the Chachamim received this question from Esther, Esther said, Let's make this into a holiday. So Chachamim looked at, according to Rav right? Chachamim looked at what happened, and they said, What is it? What is this? Huh? What is this? So he said it's the war against Amalek. The war against Amalek. Now how is the war against Amalek fought? First they attack, and we repulse their attack, and then we attack. Now how is it possible to stress The fact that what was really going on was not like a private vendetta between Haman and Mordechai, or some kind of sneaky attempt by Esther to change the the ruling bodies in, in, in Persia, but this was something of major import, a continuing battle against the evil of Amalek, against the evil of Amalek, this continuing, never-ending battle. So the Chachamim said, oh, if we would make Purim into a holiday, how do we do that? How do we get to recognize, how do we get them to, uh, the, the people who are celebrating to recognize that this is not just salvation from a particular oppressive moment in Jewish history, but that this is the ongoing battle with Amalek, that we fight and we may have won on Purim. How do we do that? We can do that only if we recognize both days as distinct holidays. Yudalen and Tetzvah. And since Tetzvah happened someplace, not every place. Shushan Abirah is some place, but it's not every place. We have to be able to make this holiday, or to, to get this parallel of notion, we have to make it, we have to make it uh, uh, work so that everybody could see that it's a holiday that was created by a particular change in the, uh, in the ability of Abu Yisrael to deal with the issue of Amalek. On the first day, again, they were defending themselves. On the second day, they were attacking and destroying Amalek. So the Chachamim said, the only way we can emphasize that, that that's the Pirsume Nisa. The Pirsume Nisa is not that God saved us miraculously. We don't need a ho- another holiday for that. We've a lot of holidays. Right? Pesach, God saved us. A Shavuot, God gave us the Torah. Sukkot God saved us. I mean, we understand that God saves us. we don't have, have another holiday to say that God saves us. But the holiday of Purim, therefore, is not a holiday of salvation. It doesn't come to prove that God is strong enough to, to save the Jewish people as happened at the time of Pesach. We don't need that. We've done that already. I mean, if Pesach is not enough for you, then, you know... It's, it's, it's sad. But we don't have a holiday. And we created a holiday to show that, that, that in the world, even in the diaspora, we are committed to the notion of the Chiyat and we have support from heaven for that, for that notion. So that the essential mitzvah, the essential mitzvah that's connected to Kriyata Amigilah and all the other mitzvot of Purim, is Kirsume Nisan. And if it's Pirsumei Nisa, I've got to kind of spread the word. I've got to spread the right word. I can't just say, we're thanking God because we're saved. We're thanking God because we have the opportunity to be successful in the midst of the Shiyat Amalek. And the way the Chachamim thought we could do that is by having Purit as a a two-day holiday. And whenever the main part of the mitzvah Whatever the main part of this is Nisa, it's always given to include the women. Right? Arba Kosot, mikra megillah. Because what sort of Persuma Nisa is it if half the people in the in the don't celebrate it, don't fake the point. I mean it can't be So that mitzvah, that says, is a principle. When all the mitzvot are done individually. Every individual. So the women have two But we already explained that they can accept that obligation. But when the mitzvah itself is presuming, when the mitzvah itself is to glorify, what happened? Well, because it was the greatest thing that we could imagine, then certainly the women have to be involved because they are part of Am Yisra'el. Without a doubt. And whatever else you could argue, you can't argue against that. So that the women, the Pirsume Nisa, is what demands the participation of the women. Not that a woman was responsible for one thing or the other, for one event or the other, but that Pirsume Nisa is an act that has to be done by the entire nation, by the men and the women, and even in Hakel, Hacked by the by the children, so that the reason, finally according to Rambuzin, the reason that uh, that uh, Yeshua Binun won out the, the walled cities of the time of Yeshua Binun walled out, was, uh, 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 won out was because the mitzvah of of Amalek of Mechiat Amalek started came into being. When B'nai Yisrael came into Eretz Yisrael, and Eretz Yisrael was conquered under the leadership of Yeshua bin Nun, then, then suddenly Amalek, the Mechiat Amalek doing away with Amalek, became of a primary, a primary importance and significance. And therefore, the and Mishnah says, and Mishnah says, Behemoth Yeshua bin Nun, because that's when Mechiat Amalek started. And you have Yeshua bin Tarkha, who said, it's like Shushan. He says, yeah, that would be true Rabbi Yeshua bin Karfa, if we were talking about personal salvation. But the salvation of a city, of a community, of, of, a, of a battle. A salvation that came in a battle. So then of course we would, we would try to find a distinction at the time of, of a Hashrei Rosh. But since, since we're talking about the distinction has to connect me somehow to and that was what Rav Huthner, Huthner explained so we have it that the holiday of Purim we started out the holiday of Purim is celebrated on two different days because it actually celebrates two different events and these two events each of them were done by different people. Not the same people that repulsed the attack as the people who were able to fight on the second day in Shushan, And therefore, it makes sense to us today to celebrate one part of that Purim, although we all know that the other part is also there. And therefore, we are kind of ready, not only to celebrate Purim, but to activate the notion of pursuing Nisa to spread the word about what actually happened in Persia on the Yudalit and the Kachval. Have a good chance.